0: I'm Monica and welcome to the MCAT Master Interview Series. We're on an ongoing mission to put together the formula for achieving a top MCAT score. And we've been doing this by gathering the most effective MCAT study strategies from verified top scorers, and then we bring them to you in the form of blog articles, daily emails, YouTube videos, strategy courses, through tutoring sessions, and anything else that can help you along this journey to reach your maximum MCAT score. We've been researching and holding interviews with top MCAT scores for many years now, until recently we thought, why not let you all in and give you a seat at the table during these interviews? So that's what this series is for. We hope by listening to these interviews, you've learned proven-to-work MCAT study strategies you never thought of, that you can start implementing right away. And most importantly, we hope you feel an increase in inspiration and motivation because the MCAT journey can be very tough and it can be easy to fall into negative mental cycles. But as you'll learn from these success stories, every top scorer had to deal with the struggles and challenges. And through perseverance, through strategy, through mindset work, they all made it to the top score that was right for them. And with that, we have a real treat for you for our first episode. So today we're speaking with one of our MCAT strategy mentors here at MCAT Mastery, who is also a hundredth percentile scorer, Priya Swaminathan. Welcome to the series, Priya, and thanks so much for being here. Thanks! Yeah, before we get started, we're just going to give you a little bit of information about Priya's background. So, at the start of her prep, Priya was overwhelmed and intimidated by the exam, and after a lot of frustration and stagnant scores, she decided she needed to push her test date back. While this could have been viewed as a huge detriment, Priya took the extra time to focus on the strategies that would bring her success on the exam, and in doing so, she was able to raise her score to a 524 in just three months after that. Priya scored in the 100th percentile which is incredible. And in this interview, we're just gonna launch into understanding exactly how she did that. We're gonna learn more about how Priya studied and increased her score, how she kept herself motivated, how she scheduled her prep, what strategies she used for each section, and so much more. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. So Priya, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I just graduated from college in May and I started just like living my pandemic life post-graduation so i just day to day i well for the whole summer i was doing like med school applications and focusing on that mostly um as well as my mcat prep and yeah, now I'm kind of just trying to move on into post-grad life in my gap year. But yeah, I'm starting med school next fall. But yeah, until then, I'm just working a little bit, doing my hobbies. Like I have a dog uh, and we go on lots of walks and hikes all the time. I do lots of art and stuff. Normally I would do some like volunteering as well, but just because of the pandemic, I've kind of like pared down my activities a little bit.
0: Yeah, but it sounds like you're still keeping busy despite, you know, everything going on. What are you doing for your gap year?
1: Really I kind of just took the time to focus on like my MCAT and med school applications and so now that I'm done with that I'm not doing like a whole lot. I am working with MCAT Mastery as a mentor so I'm getting to tutor some people which I've found to be really fun and you know like a nice casual job but I'm really just trying to kind of get all my ducks in a row before I go to med school just you know get out of my living situation figure figured out and everything so that I'll I'll feel really prepared yeah for the experience of medical school
0: yeah definitely all of that and also like hopefully it'll prevent burnout as well cuz you don't want to like just go straight in and you know be burned out when you get there so maybe this can help right. with that yeah. a little bit too yeah that's
1: really important for me just feeling like ready and like relaxed. And so I think having that time between college and med school is, is really good for me. Like
0: personally, I'm sure some people like to just go straight through, but I think I needed a break. Yeah for de- sure. Definitely everybody's different. So <laughs> you just gotta do what's best for you. So kind of like going back a little bit, what inspired you to want to become a doctor in the first place? Yeah, I
1: kind of just knew like that's kind of what I always wanted to do. I remember when I was a kid, I had a few ideas ideas of maybe some different professions I would want to do, but a doctor was always one of them. And I think just as I've learned more about medicine and done more experience like shadowing and volunteering and stuff like that, it just makes sense. For me, I can't really imagine doing anything else. My dad is a doctor, so I saw kind of what it would be like growing up. But yeah, I definitely want to, I'm just really like passionate about the clinical side of things and being able to interact with people and see patients and just obviously like help as much as I can. and and, yeah I I think I'm just like I'm pretty curious in general and I like knowing like how things work and it always like is rewarding to me to be able to help someone with like a health problem maybe having or in just like any way I can so it's already been really rewarding for me and so yeah I don't have like a really concrete like event or anything that caused it It's, it's kind of always just been what
0: I felt like I was going toward yeah and that's awesome that you were like sure from you know the beginning that you wanted to do it. So I'm sure that helped when things got tough as well. So on that note, I guess, let's talk about the MCAT. So where were you in your life when you started prepping and how did you feel about starting?
1: Yeah, I think I didn't really know how to handle, like, I didn't have an idea exactly of how big and broad the test was. And I didn't really know how to begin, especially because I actually, I wasn't a science major. I was, I majored in Spanish. So I didn't feel like, I kind of just felt like I had the bare basics, you know? So it was pretty overwhelming to me. And it took me a while just to understand kind of what the test encompassed. So I kind of started like not doing too much. I was just kind of trying to gather information from like my friends of what they did and kind of more about the test. So yeah, I just talked to some of my friends to kind of get an idea of like the scope of how one studies for this test. And yeah, so when I really started trying to study, that was the spring semester of my senior year. So earlier this year, and I was also trying to finish all my pre-med like requisites. So, I was taking, like, physics, orgo, biochem, and a couple other things, like, all at the same time. And I also was trying to study for the MGA at the same time. So, that was kind of crazy. And I... Don't think it was really a good idea, but that's where I started. And obviously, like, yeah, it just wasn't really working because I was just so overwhelmed with, like, classes and taking the, or studying for the MCAT. So I was originally going to take my test in March, but then I rescheduled to June. Yeah, and once I was able to, like, really focus on just the MCAT after I graduated, it became a lot easier to, you know, just focus and actually study efficiently.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you were graduating too, right? Like that's so much to yeah. work about all at once.
1: Yeah. And then obviously, you know, plans changed because because of the pandemic as well. So I had to move home from college and kind of juggling all of that at the same time. I was really glad I had decided to reschedule at that point because it was kind of just, I had to figure out basic things in my life
0: before I could worry about the MCAT on top of everything else. Definitely. It was a stressful time, so it was probably good that you kind of took some extra time for that. So did you have a score goal in mind, like when you started, that you wanted to reach? Yeah, so when I was kind
1: of still studying with my, like during my classes in like the early part of this year, I took my first full length and I got, well, I I had previously taken, and a diagnostic. But after I'd done a, you know, a little bit of studying, I took a full length and I got a 509. And I was actually pretty happy with that because I didn't feel that prepared at that point And I was really stressed. So seeing that, you know, I got a good score, like a 509 is a good score. So I was happy with that, but I wanted to push it like a little further, you know, because actually I wanted to focus on getting into my state school. And so I was kind of trying to aim for their medium which was, I think, a 514. So I I think that was kind of my ballpark where I wanted to be and I know like I think it's important to remember like it doesn't at, at a certain point it doesn't really matter like if you score like much higher like past a certain point like it's a really good score like so as long as it'll get you to your goal of getting into like the school you want or a school at all then like you know that works so I really just wanted to get a score that would allow me to feel like more comfortable with
0: my application. Yeah and and you surpassed that median which is awesome. So I'm sure they were impressed by that. So that's, that's great. So in regard to your studying, like your preparation for the MCAT, how did you plan your study schedule when you started?
1: Yeah, so as I said, it was a little bit messy in the beginning, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I used some Kaplan resources, and that was kind of like content review, more of that, because it's not really helping you with the actual strategies of the test as much. And so I was kind of felt disorganized, and I was doing a little bit of that content review in the early days. But once I really like got into a groove and did some dedicated studying, I kind of just wanted to get through all that AMC material and review it as well as I could. So I would just kind of every day, I would study for a few hours a day and like do a little bit in each section, just do practice questions and then review them. And so reviewing that material, it took me a lot of time, but I didn't have like a super strict plan in place. It was more like, I want to get this many hours of studying done today. And I would just, yeah, work through the AMC
0: material like, I would just go through it and work on each section every day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Practice is so important. AAMC practice, like that's, you know, top tier. So that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned that you used AMC and Kaplan. Were there any other resources that you would recommend or that you found helpful? During your yeah, practice?
1: so I kind of just based my studying around the AAMC material. And then when I saw like I needed to improve on a certain area, then I would reference my like Kaplan review books. I would watch videos online, like Khan Academy sometimes. I think Leia for is a really good resource. I signed up for the MCAT Mastery emails and Leia for you can sign up for emails from her as well. So she's like a career tutor pretty much for the MCAT and pre-meds. So she gives out some good information that I found helpful. And I just tried to keep it interesting, you know, because I wanted to get the most out of my students studying and if I think if you're just bored and like passively reading it's easy to kind of you know get bored with it and not really give it your all so I used a variety of resources and just whatever resources I needed until like I felt like I understood something so I would spend a good amount of time like trying just googling trying to find answers to certain questions that I had that came up for me in my in my practice and I think a lot of people use you know MCAT forums and Stuff online. And I think those can be a good resource as well for, you know, explanations people have come up with for some of that AMC material. And, you know, just take it with a grain of salt and don't let it stress you out. But if you can use it in a way that's actually helpful for you, I think that's
0: good. Yeah. I hear a lot about those, you know, like Reddit and other like forms and things like that. And you're Mm -hmm. right. I'm glad that you kind of brought that up because, yeah, they're good, but they can also be damaging too if you're like comparing yourself to like the people on there that got like, you know, 528. I'm so. There's definitely, it's two-sided. So that's definitely good to keep in mind. So I kind of have a follow-up question. It's about the resources. So since you focus like your prep around the AMC stuff, did you ever like run out of that and have to like retake it? Or how did you stagger it to kind of make it last, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, so this is actually funny because I see a lot of people, they say like, oh, I got through the AMC material in like three or four weeks or something. And for me, that was just not an experience at all. I think I generally take my time with things. And it just for me, it happened to last a really long time. And I think part of the reason for that is that I was reviewing everything. So heavily so i would take a lot of detours off the material to find out like answers for or just like better explanations or like fill in content gaps and stuff so it's not like i was going through an actual like a great volume of the amc material each day so i actually spread it out over several months and i never ran out i actually didn't even finish it all i finished like the stuff that i think was most high yield for me but i actually didn't even get through it all even with working on it for like pretty exclusively f- for a couple months.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And yeah, that's why I asked because I, yeah, we get a lot of students as well who, you know, have questions about how to stagger those resources. So balancing it with like that review seems like good advice. Because <laughs> yeah, <you> <laughs> run out. so in regard to like your MCAT prep journey, more in a general manner now, I guess, what do you think were your biggest challenges or struggles that you had to overcome?
1: Yeah, I think just stress, really was a big thing for me, and I think it was, I felt a lot of, I put a lot a lot of pressure on myself like a lot of us do. So balancing all the things in my life and still trying to do things other than study for the MCAT, it was hard, definitely hard for me. And it took some time for me to get into, you know, a groove where I would, yeah, I'd study a couple hours a day or give a number of hours a day, but I would also have other things in my life. And so I was able just to balance things out with time. But yeah, I think the biggest struggle for me was just dealing with the mental part of it and building confidence with it as well. Yeah, so how do you think,
0: like, what helped you do that,
1: I guess? So I didn't want to overwhelm myself. I know some people, like, they can study for a huge number of hours every day, but I never really could do that, so I just gave myself a more manageable goal. And at the time, like, once I actually got into my dedicated study time where I didn't have, you know, all these other responsibilities, even then I was only studying like four to six hours a day most of the time so it wasn't like a crazy number of hours that I was doing so I I gave myself you know that goal for the day and and I made sure I was studying efficiently really efficiently during that time but then during the other parts of the day I would do things like that would you know relieve some stress for me so I would take my dog for a walk really just getting outside was really big for me and doing what social activities that I could in the midst of the pandemic. So that stuff just helped me balance out everything and put things into perspective a little bit. I think if you're locked in your room for 10 hours a day studying, like it's going to be a lot harder to get past the obstacles that come up in your studying because it'll just feel like it's your whole world. And so like the roadblocks are going to feel a little bit harder if you don't have other things to look forward to.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Perspective and balance like are both so important. And I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about. So yeah, that's awesome. So in regard to like increasing your score, because obviously you increase your score up to like a 524, which is awesome. Do you think like stress played like overcoming stress played a role in that increase? Or what do you think was like the most effective strategy or thing that you overcame to increase your score?
1: Yeah, so So I think just really, well, the stress obviously played a big part in it because by managing my stress, I was able to keep my studying consistent and like positive and effective over time. So I really did feel like those were efficient, good hours of studying when I was studying. And then, yeah, so I would keep doing practice exams pretty often and then reviewing them. So it's really for me, it was the consistent practice with the AMC material and the review of that material material and kind of seeing where I was stumbling and then trying to fix those errors and just consistently doing that for the like a time that I had that was the biggest thing for me and just staying consistent and trying like once I learned something I would try to commit it to memory by doing Anki flashcards I should have mentioned that earlier so I made my own Anki flashcards like every day when I was studying like if I realized okay here's a content gap that came up in this practice question Then I would, you know, reference other materials to figure out, like, the information and learn. And then I would make, like, study guides and flashcards that I could then periodically, you know, review every day. And then, so that was making it so I wouldn't really forget things once I had learned them one time. So then it helped me feel a little bit more efficient about my studying. Because by reviewing those facts that I had missed before, I was, like, I kind of committed them to memory and, you know, practiced with them every day. So I found myself kind of making fewer of those mistakes. And so yeah, I think it's good to be able to recognize like where you're stumbling and be able to kind of find an approach that works for you to fix those mistakes. And then you can make different mistakes. And I know I made mistakes on my real test, like I definitely missed some questions that weren't even that hard, but it was just things that I hadn't encountered before. And honestly, that's like, okay, and you can still get a really good score, even if you do, make mistakes you don't have to be perfect but I think it's just keeping that mindset of growth like I'm improving every day and obviously once you start to see those small score increases it helps boost your confidence and then that helps you perform even better
0: yeah I was gonna say like improving on like small things gives you boosting confidence and like helps your mindset which is so important to being successful in the exam so those are all really awesome tips for students okay so switching gears a tiny bit so you kind of mentioned that you were getting the MCAT Mastery emails, and now you're part of the team as a tutor. So what made you want to tutor for the MCAT?
1: Yeah, so as I said in the beginning, I was really kind of bewildered with how big this test was and how obviously important it is but also just the breadth of it and how to start and it took me you know a few months to get into that groove where I was making good progress so I think I just wanted to help other people like my friends had helped me by giving me you know little pieces of advice yeah and I thought it would just be a a good thing to help me as well like stay busy and be productive during the gap year that I had so yeah it's been really rewarding whenever you know someone i'm helping has a score increase or or feels like like oh i finally get that now that's such a good feeling and yeah i think it's no one can really tackle this test on their own that well so helping in any way I can yeah that's kind of the goal
0: right and I say this like to tutors a lot but like you guys took the MCAT yourself and you built up this like huge array of knowledge and like strategies and what else are you going to do with it other than share it so it's so awesome that you're like taking the time and to do that students. So this is kind of just a follow-up question on that. So this past summer you had a lot of students that you worked with, got pretty busy for a second there. So what were some of like the most common struggles that you saw in students?
1: Oh yeah, so I think a lot of people focus on content review like for a really long time and I think that's kind of a difficult thing because obviously you do need some content knowledge for this exam, but I think a lot of times people are approaching it in a way like I have to read through all these Kaplan review books before I can even start my practice questions. And so then they spend months trying to kind of go through this material and it's not really sticking for them. And I think you could spend years trying to learn all the content, you know, because that's kind of the point of the undergrad science classes. And so I think taking a step back from that approach that you need to do all of content before you do practice and trying to do a more practice-focused approach is is helpful because then, you know, you can just fill in those gaps as they come up. And, and then you can see, oh, this piece of content comes up quite a bit. So I better make sure I know this. And then you're focusing more on the high yield stuff instead of every little detail that comes up in those review books or in, you know, your undergrad
0: classes. Yeah, that's something that we are like you john is you know working on practice and strategies as well as content like yes content is important to an extent but like you said focusing on content for too long can definitely be a detriment so yeah that's awesome that you bring that up cool well moving on to your specific like scores on the sections of the mcat so your high score was on psych and soch where you got a 132 which is amazing so how did you study for that section specifically
1: yeah so similarly as i said before like i I focused around the AMC questions. So when I saw things that came up a bunch, like like one of the most common things is like Piaget's stages. So once I saw something like that come up, then I would really just try to commit it to memory with by making Anki flashcards and sometimes drawing things out to help me kind of remember them better and just doing consistent review with that. So getting the most that I could out of the AMC questions. So like I would read when I was reviewing a, an AMC question, I would look at all the answer choices, not just the right one or the not just the explanation. And I would see like, okay, so making sure I could understand like the, all the definitions that came up even in the incorrect answer choices. And, you know, taking the time to go back to a review book and understanding the content gaps that came up. I found Khan Academy videos pretty helpful for some of the theories. And I think also in terms of like the definition part, of the psych section, like, all the definitions that are important to know. I think relating them to, like, a broader theory can be really helpful. So, like, understanding, like, oh, this term always comes up in, in a theory of functionalism. It's something that the AMC, like, always, like, is talking about in this context. And then that way you can kind of, like, have more of an idea of how that definition fits into, like, a bigger picture. Or, like, yeah, just trying to kind of branch out from from those terms and saying okay they're asking about this term and how is it different from this very similar other term and then you know keeping up that practice every day so that you're constantly being quizzed on those differences and then as well in addition to the definitions part of that section there's the just the sort of stuff that you need for all the science sections which is like the graph reading so just making sure you're reading every part of like of any figures that come up I think a lot of times kind of assume that we know like what each part of the graph means without reading it fully and so they like to sometimes focus on like the real details in those graphs so if you can just train yourself to focus more on all the figures they give you and understanding them fully
0: that that'll help as well yeah i'm glad that you brought up you know both the content piece and practice piece obviously that's kind of what we've been talking about it's really easy for people to be like the psych social section is just definitions but, you know, there's also, you know, the graphs and the passages and things like that. So it's important to talk about both. Again. So moving on to your next two highest sections, which were tied, you got a 131 in both CARS and BioBioChem. So let's start with CARS. As you probably know, a lot of students struggle with this section. How did you study for it? And what advice would you have for a struggling student?
1: Yeah, so just like everything else, it was really the practice. Luckily, I started off, it was actually my strongest section when I started off. So it was something that I kind of felt comfortable with, like relatively in the beginning, just a disclaimer. But I think focusing on really deeply understanding the main idea of the passage is pretty important. I would say like never skim. You want to like take the time, however long it takes, you know, within reason, but to read through the passage and fully digest it and get the main idea out of there somehow. And I did that mostly by trying to actively read and highlight as i I read I wouldn't write things down because I tried that in the beginning and it actually just took up so much time that I wasn't really able to finish sections like like in a timely way so I yeah I definitely tried to highlight strategically like once you've gotten more familiar with the types of questions they often ask sometimes you can predict like okay maybe this will be an important detail because it's something they often ask about so things like when they give a concrete example or like a hypothetical situation in a passage, I would take note of that because a lot of times they would ask questions about it later. So yeah, for me, it was just kind of getting down my strategy of how I approached those passages. So I would take in the whole passage first and digest it and try to get out the main idea and if the author had a particular tone or opinion. And then what I would do is like read the question stem and try to actually, before I read the answer choices, I would try to make a prediction of what the answer could possibly be based on the question stem and my previous understanding of the passage. And then, so once, if you kind of have an idea of what the answer might look like, then looking at those answer choices and not getting confused by them is going to be a lot easier. And sometimes with that method, you can like immediately pick an answer choice once you have like a prediction in mind. So for me, it was kind of just getting my strategy down and approaching those, the passage and the questions in the most efficient but also effective way for me and I think it'll vary from person to person but yeah I think like even for me I consider myself a pretty fast reader but for me it was a a bit of a timing issue so I needed to figure out how can I deeply understand the passage enough to be able to accurately answer the questions but also stay within the time limit because you know if we had unlimited time I'd probably take a little bit of a different approach and write things down and things like that
0: but for me that just wasn't doable in the time allowed, so yeah. Right, sounds like a lot of strategy things and individualized strategies in some cases. So yeah, even just familiarizing yourself with what the questions are gonna look like and how to approach them is super important awesome well moving on to biobiochem how did you study for that section and what advice would you have for a student there
1: yeah so it definitely was a weaker point when i started out because as i said i, I didn't major in any science so i really just had the kind of basics just prerequisites so some of the stuff that came up on the test like or on on in my practice i just wasn't super familiar with so i had to review some stuff that i hadn't thought about in a while and so so for me, just kind of, again, identifying what was important to the AMC. So seeing the things that came up over and over, obviously there's the stuff that's really important, like amino acids and understanding like everything there is to know about them. And then you, I think as you go through that material, hopefully you can pick out the stuff that comes up over and over. And sometimes it's kind of kind of weird stuff you wouldn't necessarily expect, but it, once you see it in that AMC material, like I would take it as a hint that it's important to them so then I would make sure I understood the concepts and review content and make flashcards and also just I think practicing reading figures methodically is really really important for this section just because sometimes they're really complicated figures and they can be a little bit overwhelming So, so I just tried to learn how to take those figures apart piece by piece and how to approach it as strategically as possible and so So you know getting advice from others and watching videos of people going through passages like online that was helpful for me and then trying to apply that to those complicated figures as well and you know also the mindset thing for me like probably in the beginning I would have been really overwhelmed by the complicated figures but as I studied more then I would be like okay so just try to break it down for myself and try to make it simpler for myself and have more of like an approach where I believe in myself and my ability to understand it as long as I just, you know, took a breath and approached it calmly and as logically as possible. Yeah, so that was the main step for me on the
0: bio-biochem. Right, it does feel like our figures on that section, they can be really complicated. So yeah, definitely working on those, super important, and amongst other things. So lastly, we have the chem and phys section where you go to 130. So yeah, a lot of students also struggle on this section. So how did you study for chem and is. And was it similar in any way to bio biochem? I always wonder about that.
1: Yeah, I would say there definitely are similarities. But yeah, this was the section I was scoring worst on in the beginning. And it was hard for me because I don't know, I, I didn't like it in the beginning. And so and I felt like I, I wasn't gonna do well on it. So obviously, then that that impacts your your performance if you don't feel like confident about it or excited about it. But yeah, I, I had a similar approach for someone of it since there are some similarities with the bio biochem like the figures there's still sometimes complicated figures that you have to take apart piece by piece. For chemphys, the main thing that helped me was realizing that I didn't have to understand the whole passage in order to get the questions right so I actually started reading the questions first and just trying to find that information in the passage that I needed to answer them and worrying less about the approach of like understanding the whole whole passage and like all the techniques they used. And I think that was helpful for me because I don't think as like for this section in particular, I don't think you need as comprehensive an understanding of the entire passage in order to get questions correct. So I would really just read the question and then search for the information in the passage that would help me answer the question and and not worry too much about, you know, the whole passage. And then also just practicing. Doing calculations quickly was helpful for me. So, a lot of times you have to use scientific notation and do a bunch of calculations and and worry about prefixes and units and all of that stuff. So, as I became became more comfortable with that, I would start getting more of the answers right once I was able to do those calculations more quickly and accurately. And I I think that's a good skill to practice because a lot of times we don't have to do that exact type of calculation. Like, at least I didn't have to do that too much in college. so giving just kind of making up practice questions for myself was helpful as well as just drilling in the like and using flashcards stuff that came up like just like prefixes and units and stuff. I think just understanding those and how like different units relate to each other and things like that that helps a lot with the calculation portion. Yeah sometimes
0: it's the smallest things like that that can be super helpful and mm-hmm. it's like pacing on that section. So yeah that's also awesome. Cool. Well, that's it for the sections. That was awesome. So moving on to your actual MCAT day, your exam day, how did you feel that morning and how did the day go itself?
1: Yeah, so I was trying to keep my mood up and everything. Obviously, I was pretty nervous, but I had taken a practice test like in the week prior and it had, you know, a better score than I had done before. So I was feeling a little bit more confident with that, you know, under my belt. And so I really just tried to stay confident, you know, like I knew I had spent so much time and effort on this test, I just wanted to give it my best shot. And I wasn't I was trying not to put too much pressure on myself. So I just wanted to go in there relaxed. So I listened to some music that I like. And I walked around my neighborhood just so you know, so I could feel like clear and ready for it. And then yeah, I, I went to the testing center. And then it was kind of it was a weird experience. I had gone to a testing center before to like make sure I knew where it was but that morning it was the door was locked and so I had to and I ended up calling them and that it was it kind of made me a little bit more nervous but again I just tried to you know stay calm and yeah I think that was the biggest thing for me is Staying positive throughout the whole thing, even when I had some like parts that didn't seem like they went super well. I remember during the car section, I kind of messed up my timing and I had to rush at the end, and so obviously that's not ideal and it was a little bit stressful. But I just tried to compartmentalize that and take a breath and um, try to stay confident for the next section, and not let that one obstacle impact my performance on the on the rest of the test.
0: Yeah, this. Yeah, the day itself is like (laughs) so much about stress management, like even beforehand, but also like during the exam, like compartmentalizing. So yeah, that's definitely understandable, but you made it out alive. So that's awesome. How did it feel walking out and being done?
1: Oh, it felt good. Oh, the weird thing was my monitor in the testing center. It was actually like all the text was stretched out and it looked weird, which was kind of a weird thing to deal with in the test, but it was it was okay. I made it out. And then I once I was done, I walked walked out and when I turned on my phone, all the text on my phone looked weird because I had been looking at the weird text on the screen for so long that I thought my phone had updated or something because my vision was actually like changed from the test. They definitely could do things to make the testing experience a little nicer. But yeah, I felt so much better when I was walking out and I kind of had the attitude like I know it didn't go perfect, but I did it. I'm done. I'm going to let myself have a break now I honestly didn't think I did I didn't think I bombed or anything but I didn't think I did better than any practice test I had ever done before I I thought I probably would score you know maybe in the mid-teens or something I wasn't that optimistic so it really shows you that I guess you're you shouldn't worry like if you didn't feel great about it I don't think anyone feels awesome about their
0: performance leaving but yeah yeah so when you got your score back what was that how did that feel
1: oh I was I think I was more anxious for the score release than the actual test. I I'd really hated waiting, even though it was only two weeks I had to wait. But yeah, I was trying to keep my expectations low so that I wouldn't be disappointed if it was like on the lower end of my scores or something. But yeah, I opened it up and it was way higher than I had any idea it was possible. And I was just just I was in shock. And yeah, I just um called my parents and I and all my friends were excited for me too because they knew it like dominated my life for the past few Mm -hmm. months. So it was really positive moment for me and it made me feel a lot better about my application as well because now instead of just being like maybe an average thing on my application, it was actually a a really strong point. Yeah, so it was a lot of anxiety building up to the score release, but obviously I was really happy with
0: the result. Yeah, and you should be. And it's such a testament to like all the work that goes into it and all the stress and then you come out and you're done and you did well so not a bad feeling be good and congratulations again on that score that's awesome and you're done which is amazing so I think those were all the questions that I had but do you have any final thoughts I guess for students who might be listening to this and feeling discouraged and feeling like they can't you know be successful on this exam
1: yeah I would just say be forgiving with yourself none of us have this like an easy experience with this exam I think it's difficult for everyone even those who end up scoring well. So try to stay positive and keep your life balanced and don't let it take over your life and have that growth mindset as much as possible and keep faith in yourself that, you know, you got through undergrad science classes. Those are really difficult and you can get through this too. It just, it takes a little adjustment and adaptability and perseverance. I know a lot of people have to take this test multiple times. And to me, that's, that shows incredible determination and it's really impressive just deciding to do that so I think just keeping your mindset you know keeping that faith and confidence in
0: yourself is really important as you practice and prepare right it seems like mindset was like a huge thing for you and and overcoming stress so hopefully students can listen to this and feel like they can do the same so yeah thanks so much again Priya for sitting down and taking the time to talk to me and, and walking walk me through I guess your whole process and all your tips it was super awesome and fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And good luck with everything going forward with your gap year and and med school and everything. And to all of our listeners from Pri and I, we just want to say again, you guys got this. Keep believing in yourself and happy studying. this is Monica again, and before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at MCATmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at MCATmastery.net slash mentors. And lastly and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. it a lot of us have been there so we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes and that's what these interviews are for that's what our emails are for we want you guys to be able to feel confident again and most importantly be able to see that med school admission is possible and it's not out of your reach at all so thanks again for listening and remember that every top scorer every med student and every doctor made it through this journey so you can do it too you guys got this